For the next hour, you'll be leaving the show me state and entering the show me the money state. So stop what you're doing, grab a pen, and get ready to learn, people. Because you're tuned to the Ozarks' number one show about your money. Randy Floyd, founder of Floyd Financial Group, will be your guide for straight talk about living the life you deserve in retirement. Prepare to be empowered. Now, here's your show me the money host, Randy Floyd. Thank you so much. Welcome to Show Me the Money with Randy and Jake Floyd, the radio show that gives you the straight talk and honest answers you need to help you reach your wealth management and retirement goals through smart investing and careful planning. My name is Jeff Shade. And as always, I'm just here to ask the questions, but the words of wisdom and solid advice come from the experts, Randy and Jake Floyd of Floyd Financial Group. We'll start with you, Randy. How you doing today? Awesome. How are you doing, Jeff? I am doing fantastic. And Jake, how is this January day treating you? Really doing well today, Jeff, as well. That is good to hear, Jake. Hope our listeners are doing well today, too. On today's show, we've got a lot of interesting things to talk about. We're going to be talking about considerations why some baby boomers may never get to retire. But I want to start with talking about some current events here. Boy, we had 14 rounds of voting there to get Kevin McCarthy as the Speaker of the House. What do you make of that? You know, I think a lot of people thought that that was ridiculous and that they should get their act together. Personally, I think it's a breath of fresh air that everything isn't rubber stamped in this country and that patriots are going to fight for what they signed up for, right, when they got elected. And they're going to do the things that they got elected to do. And so I watched actually quite a bit of that kind of on my side monitor. And I think at first glance, it looked like not much got accomplished because they ended up, you know, some of the Freedom Caucus, as they call themselves, members started to vote present, which lowered the threshold for McCarthy to get in. But Shortly after that, the first couple days of last week, we saw a lot of movement on a lot of different panels where Freedom Caucus members were put on different boards and different committees and things like that. So I think, honestly, it was probably a pretty big win for uh, people that value freedom in this country. Jake, for those people who do not know what the Speaker of the House does, can you explain that and the impact that he or she can have? Well, obviously, Jeff, he speaks. Right. <laughs> That is no, the that's first and foremost. <laughs> so the Speaker of the House is, you know, more or less the leader of the House of Representatives. So the majority, the House, whether Democrats have it or the Republicans have it, typically you have a Republican speaker if, if the Republicans have the majority because they vote them in and that kind of thing. And the speaker controls a lot of the flow of the conversation in the House and what gets voted on and uh, that kind of thing. So a lot of what was going on is the Freedom Caucus members were wanting to make sure that there were certain things on the agenda immediately. And we even saw just literally two days later, the IRS funding starting to get pulled mm -hmm. uh, was one of the major things on the agenda that they wanted to get before they would vote him in. And I mean, literally 48 hours later, you're seeing it get passed through the house, you know, and we still need to kind of see how that's going to go. But, you know, hopefully we won't have every small business with two IRS agents waiting yeah, outside right. of it every day of the year because <laughs> 87,000 IRS agents is a lot. But if we yeah. pull the funding uh, and they don't get get paid, then that kind of disarms that trap, if you will. You know, what's interesting, I think, you know, now there's only going to be another 870. And no, I'm just kidding. I don't know how many it's going to be. <laughs> Hopefully there won't be any more. Right. I mean, I know that some of this was, they were talking about, they wanted to add some IT with part of the money that was in that bill and that sort of thing. But let's face it, you guys, we don't need 87,000 more mm. IRS agents running around policing. Because remember this, okay? And then and this is first and foremost, government does not generate money. They don't make 
make a profit. Right. They only suck us dry. <laughs> okay, well, tell it like it is. Don't don't hold Sorry. back, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true. I mean, you know, no, government you're, you're, doesn't make money. You're right. And I mean, something like 21 to 25% of the new jobs created in the last couple of years have been government jobs. Right. I mean, what is that? I mean, that, that just shouldn't be. We need less government, not more. We're talking with Randy and Jake Floyd, Floyd Financial Group, about current events and Kevin McCarthy being the new Speaker of the House. How influential do you think that politicians are? I mean, what sort of influence do they have on the market and the economy? You know, I think that the direction that the House goes and is pushed has a lot to do with the flow of money out of the government, you know. The amount of governing, but also the amount of spending during the governing, really a lot of that flows from the House. And I think as the governor of Texas a long time ago, Sam Houston, said, govern wisely and as little as possible. And I think that there's a lot of wisdom in that very short statement. There are certain parts of government that we absolutely need, but we should not be looking to create as much government as possible, right? A government big enough to give you everything you want is a government big enough to take everything you have. And I think that a lot of people listening to the show understand that. And frankly, you know, I think some of the people listening to the show probably ought to run for office because I think we could do a much better job than what's being done over there. But that's kind of the problem, right, is anybody who would be good at some of these jobs doesn't really want to take the job because it's such a soul-sucking endeavor to go right. up up on the hill and be, you know, locked in gridlock and, and accomplish one thing per eight-hour day. goes back to those 10 words that most seniors fear most, and that is, I'm from the government and I'm here to help you. <laughs> exactly. What do you think is the biggest threat from the government? As you said, I mean, we want less government. What is the biggest threat from the government, do you think, to people who are wanting to build their wealth and plan for retirement? Yeah, I think, Jeff, what, what it amounts to is while maybe some of these things that that are trying to be passed and part of the SECURE Act, you know, the, the, the new SECURE Act that was just passed, you know, talks about forcing uh, employers to enroll their employees into 401ks and things like that early on. I mean, I understand people need to save. I want people to save. I want people to invest. But, you know, when all of a sudden everything becomes mandatory and you have no choice, I mean, that's no good, is it? I mean, that's why America was created because we didn't have any choice. You know, the king says, well, this is how it's going to be. And so that's how we will do it. And that's why we ran away and came over here and formed this country. So I think that a lot of these things, these mandatory things are not the way to get good results. What we need to do is educate people and motivate people to be productive and show them that they can win and long term they can build a life and they can you know build a legacy and build a retirement plan because we can. We still live in the greatest country in the world. We still have all kinds of opportunity. We just have to go out and seize it. It doesn't just come handed on a silver platter. I mean, that's just all it amounts to. Productivity is key. I think one area of spending that we could probably expand on here is I think we should create a fund for the people who don't like America to help them move elsewhere. <laughs> I think that would be good spending. You know, I mean, okay. if, you, if you really do not value your freedom right. that so many people have fought and died to protect, why are you here? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I don't understand. I think that there's a serious lack of respect for what was done to acquire this freedom. And I think that we need to be very, very careful uh, with giving any of it back, right. but certainly not all of it, like so much of the country seems to be willing to do. And I I don't know. It's it's just disturbing to me that, that people are like, eh, yeah, no big deal. We'll just wear the mask. We'll just 
get a vaccine mandate, whatever it is. And and it's not even about necessarily the vaccine or the mask or, or the IRS or any of that. It's just that you're so willing to give back what somebody fought so hard to give you. I agree with you completely, Jake. I mean, anybody who has traveled around the world at all is always so happy to be back in the United States. And I think when you get off a plane in the United States, before you go home, you should stop by a veteran cemetery and just take a look at all those white tombstones, those people who fought and died so that you have the freedom that you do today in this great country. We're talking with Randy and Jake here, Floyd Financial Group, right here in Springfield, Missouri, and we're talking about current events. Speaking of opportunity on this radio program, we have always been giving people the opportunity to get a no-cost, no-obligation financial plan. It is yours for the taking. As I said, no cost to you, no obligation, and most importantly, there is no judgment. You do have the opportunity here to get something of great value that doesn't cost you anything because Randy and Jake are part of the community. They're willing to educate, inform, and teach you so that you can get to retirement, through retirement, the best you can. And as I said, there's no judgment Floyd Financial Group. I mean, we're all in the same boat here. We're all the same type of people. If you'd like to take advantage of this opportunity, call 417-889-7233 and get in and sit down with Randy and Jake and ask your specific questions. There's no time time like the present to get 2023 off on the right start. Once again, 417-889-7233. You can also request your plan online at floydfinancialgroup.com. You're listening to Show Me the Money with Randy and Jake. We'll take a quick break. Be right back with more of our show right here on 104.1 KSGF, where Springfield comes to talk. Ready for a heaping helping of some more real talk? Thought so. Here's another serving of Show Me the Money with your server, Randy Floyd. Welcome back, everybody. This is Randy and Jake. You're listening to Show Me the Money. And in this segment, we're going to be talking about considerations boomers should be contemplating as they reach or get near retirement. That's right, Randy, and I was shocked that there are so many people out there who are baby boomers and they really have some challenges getting to retirement. So we're going to discuss those right now. And as far as those numbers go, I understand that there are something like 70 million baby boomers out there right now, those born between 1946 and 1964. So let's start off with the first one. Parents are supporting their children today more than ever. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we see that every day as people come to the office here. There's been some studies done. One of the things I thought was interesting from the Pew Research Center, 61% of American parents have provided financial help. Now, you know, all of our kids need help once in a while. But, you know, we see some instances where it's been significant amounts of financial help where it actually has almost crippled the parents to where they will not be able to retire. And a study by Thrivent recently said that about 40% of parents have at least one child that live with them, adult children that live with them. And, you know, the problem is retiring on your own takes, you know, for you and, and your wife, takes planning and discipline. And then when we throw a second family in there, that makes it really difficult. Well, it's interesting that figure is so large, 40%. Why do you think that that has changed so much? I mean, back when I was a kid and I was a teenager, I went away to school, but I couldn't wait to move away from home. Why do you think it's the other way now? 
you know, honestly, I think that's really the the point, Jeff, is I think it's less about the parents allowing it. And it's more that a lot of kids just don't want to leave. You know, they don't value the independence. You know, I have a nephew who is 21 and just got his driver's license. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, he just... I mean, again, I don't know about you, but when I was 14, I couldn't wait to drive. You oh, know? Yeah. And I was like, we'd get on the back roads, you know, and I won't say exactly where because there might be some law enforcement listening. <laughs> but, you know, we get on the back roads and I was 14. I'd be like, Dad, can I drive home? I want to drive home. You know, let me drive home. <laughs> and, and you know, and, you know, we'd, we'd be safe about it. But, he, you know, he'd acquiesce and I'd say, you know, let me drive, you know, 20, 25 miles an hour. And I learned to drive. And then the second I turned 16, man, I was, yeah. I was gone. You know, I'd been saving money. I'd, I was already working and I had had money for gas and insurance and doing all those things. And I think that, you know, that drive is what gets you to move out. If you don't have that, you know, why would you want to move out and pay rent and do all the adulting things, right? Right. I mean, I could understand why you wouldn't want to move out from a financial standpoint, because it's pretty good to live at home. Uh, and you can save that money. I mean, there's there's quite a few people that you know are managers of of stores and things. You know where they're making pretty decent money and easily could move out, but it saves them money to stay there. And so I think it's a little bit of a societal shift. And and I'm not saying it's necessarily right or wrong. I'm just saying I think it's a difference in the way society views moving out and living on your own, where that used to be kind of a a mandatory thing. You know, uh, I think a lot of parents you know, gave their kids the boot when they turned 18, not, right, right. not uh, even if they weren't wanting to leave. So I think that, I think it's just a shift in mentality. Yeah. And I mean, when I was a kid, when I was a teenager, graduated from high school, of course, I lived at home for the summer after high school, but then went away to school, lived there for a while, then moved into my own apartment off campus and then never returned home. So it was a different thing for me. It was not only the independence, but I was ready to be a grown up. But today things are a lot, lot different. We're talking about considerations why baby boomers never get to retire. And the first one is because they're spending too much on supporting their adult children who could probably support themselves. The next one, Randy and Jake, is we're just living longer. Yeah, for sure. You know, I think we were talking earlier, Jeff, you have, what what was the relationship that this lady's 105? I have an aunt who's 105 years old, and she has gone on an eating tour of New Orleans for her 105th (laughs) birthday. Go figure. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, you just, you know, used to not really hear of that very often. And, you know, I remember when Social Security, you know, was first put into place, the average life expectancy of an adult male was 59. Yeah. And we didn't plan to pay benefits to 65, which really kind of tells us something about Social Security, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's one of those things where we are living much, much longer. And the other thing is, too, used to be there were health conditions. Well, if you look back over our shoulder, people would have, men would have their first heart attacks in their early 60s yeah and many of them died Mm -hmm. and today we catch them early we do bypasses we do angioplasty we do all those things but all those things come at a cost uh, not only just to society through medicare and everything but out-of-pocket costs for people and we're living longer and just costing more and it's just something that people have to really you know factor in you know housing expenses utilities the health care costs all the things that come along that keep increasing after we stop earning a paycheck. So we really need a plan to know where we're going and how we're going to get there. And of course, that's where we come in here at Floyd Financial Group. We love to help people plan and see their way to and through retirement. Randy, to your point of living longer, I mean, back in the day, as you said, I mean, retirement could be five, 10 years. How long do you run your retirement plans out for now? I mean, how long do you expect people to live on average in retirement? 
Yeah, we're going 30 years is what we usually think about. So that's generally going to be 90 to 95 is kind of what we're looking at. And, you know, that may be, we have to reconsider that here in a few years. But generally speaking, sorry to say this, but it's going to let most people out. (laughs) They're going to to be done, you know, by then. And I I do think, Jeff, that this this is one of the areas in our planning that really varies a little bit person to person. If if people don't have any consideration of it, we want to make sure money lasts to 95 or so. Right. But there are people that say, hey, you know, I want to skew my income to the first 10 years, knowing it's going to cost me on the back end, but I'm not going to care so much later when I can't get around. And we also have people that are kind of the opposite, right? Where they want to make sure they spend as little as possible so that they can pass money onto their kids or their grandkids mm-hmm. when they're no longer here. So it is a little bit person to person on that type of thing. So that's one of the things that we address in the planning process. And I still get a small town newspaper because I live in a small town and I'm surprised when I look at those, the number of people who have made it to 80, 90, sometimes even 100. So longevity is a reason why some people may not retire the way that they want to. Next one is education simply just cost more today than it used to. And even a lot of boomers still have educational debt. Yeah, that's true. You know, back to the prior deal there, I always check the obituary just to make sure I'm not in there. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> I can't be. So yeah, the, the education costs, we see a lot of that. A lot of people come in to retire and still have student debt that they've paid on for years and years and years. Yeah. And, you know, if you pay the minimum payments on a lot of that stuff with the interest, man, it can go on for a long, long time. And, you know, we know that higher education has gone crazily higher and higher and higher to where even at a local college, it may be twenty, twenty-five thousand bucks a year now yeah. to get through school. And so it's just crazy how much that costs. And uh, people, you know, give up sometimes four or five, six years of their earning life, you know. So when they do get a job, they're already five or six years behind someone that maybe went to a trade school that was shorter or something like that. But again, I mean, the student debt has just exploded. In fact, I think the last number we saw was $1.6 trillion in student debt. And, you know, a lot of the parents are taking on some of that along with the kids. Right. And so that, again, helps to prevent parents maybe from saving that thirty, forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 and then the growth on it for maybe 10 or 15 years, which could make that into a couple of hundred thousand dollars maybe that they just don't have in retirement. So that's, that's part of it for sure. And that was a good point that you made there, Randy. I was just thinking about that is a lot of parents, a lot of boomers are helping their kids with their uh, student debt as well, too. So that is another reason why it could be challenging for boomers to retire. Next one is employer benefits have just withered a little bit. They have a little bit. You know, really, I, I would say this. You know, it used to be, you know, you'd go out, you'd go to work for a company, you'd stay 30 years, you'd get your gold watch and your pension, right? Now, let me just say this too, and I think it's important that we talk about this for a minute. While we look back, you know, always when we look back over our shoulder, we reminisce about how great things were, right? And while in the moment we might have been saying, you know, this ain't so good, you mm. know, but looking back over our shoulder, we don't remember some of the pain. So let's talk a little bit about it. If we have people that have been retired for a long time and work for a company, even for that 30 years, in many cases, those pensions, while they're significant, they're 
five to eight hundred dollars a month in many cases, unless they had a government job or they, you know, something where they really had a, you know, a government pension type things can sometimes be more. We have people out there with two and three and four and five thousand dollar pensions as well. But for the most part, for the average person out there working, those pensions, looking back over our shoulder, were not all that big. They were there and they were guaranteed and people knew they were going to get them. But, you know, what happened is in 1974, ERISA was passed. That's the Employee Retirement Income Security Act. It just basically said, hey, now we're going to start to, well, we're going to allow people to save their own money. And then as companies uh, installed those plans, they said, well, hey, you know what? We're not going to fund your pension anymore. You're going to go ahead and fund your defined contribution plan. That's what a 401k, a 403b, a 457 plan is versus the pension plan, whereas you worked and had more service and earned more money, the company would make donations to that for you. And really, I would say this, that if you look at it, in many cases, if people will take advantage of what the 401k or 403b plan is at work, if they're getting 3, 4, 5, and 6% match, I will promise you the company was not putting in any more money into your defined benefit plan than that when they were funding it. So in reality, if we go out and we aggressively fund our retirement plan, take the match, always get to where you can take the match because free money is always good no matter what. Yeah. And then, you know, if you want some guidance on how to invest, I know that many, many of the 401k plans have people in at least one time a year where they come in and they say, hey, you know, this is moderate, this is aggressive, this is conservative. But really, 401k plans are a little bit, how would I say, they don't have a lot of easy, readily available information. And so we have people come in here that are in their 50s that are not ready to retire yet, still working, and we can actually help them to select and pick investment choices and things out of their 401k plan. And we're happy to do it because it's going to help us down the road as well as them to get them ready to retire the way they want to. We're talking about considerations that affect baby boomers and their retirement here with Randy and Jake of Floyd Financial Group. And we're going to continue this in our next segment. Meanwhile, if you're finding retirement just a little bit challenging, there are a lot of questions that you need answered. Well, we've got a solution for you. That is call Randy and Jake at Floyd Financial Group at 417-889-7233. It's not going to cost you a dime to ask Randy and Jake your questions that'll help you get to and through retirement. They'll help you sit down and figure out a retirement plan that works for you. 417-889-7233. Again, no cost, no obligation. Most importantly, there is no judgment. You can also request your plan online at floydfinancialgroup.com. That's floydfinancialgroup.com. You're listening to Show Me the Money. We'll be right back with more of our show right here on 104.1 FM KSGF, where Springfield comes to talk. Back with your financial catch of the day, and it's a big one. Here's more Show Me the Money Radio with your host, Randy Floyd. Welcome back, everybody. This is Randy and Jake. You're listening to Show Me the Money and continuing in our considerations for near and retired folks. One of the things that comes up a lot in here is the fact that, you know, we really don't do a very good job, Jeff, of educating people on how to invest and what investments are in this country. Now, granted, there's all kinds of information everywhere about investing. It's kind of like going out to Google or going out to any, you know, you can go out anywhere and you can find a supporting case or a supporting group for anything that you want to believe just about, right? Right. So that makes it a little difficult for people as they go out trying to say, well, okay, is this accurate or is that accurate? Because they can read two different opinions. And I would say that, you know, again, that is what it is a lot of times, opinion. But also then we have to take into consideration what is the current situation of you or me or Jake as different family dynamics and different situations are, you know, in play in everybody's 
somebody's life. So people not really understanding how investments work, while it's a challenge for them, it definitely is a challenge for them. It's not their fault. We just need to do a better job. And so one of the things we like to do here at Floyd Financial Group is that, help people understand what they're investing in, how it works and why, and why as things move and shake around the, the globe and how economies change and interest rates move and all these different things, how that affects their investment and really kind of help to give them a better understanding of the dynamics of how all that goes together. So again, I mean, it was even talked about, you know, many times it's been talked about the fact that most employees have no idea how to invest in their 401k. In fact, I would say that probably today, if you were to look at all the people we have come through the door, most of them are invested in what's called target dated funds. Mm -hmm. So a target dated fund says, hey, I'm going to retire in 2030. So that's where my money goes, right? Well, those target-dated funds were set up with some rules that over the last 40 years made sense, but the last couple of years have not made much sense. So we've seen that the target-dated funds, even though they're supposed to be more conservative and have less risk, have had almost equal risk to the S&P 500 over the last couple of years. So understanding money and how to invest, that is challenging for a lot of boomers. And I find it surprising that even today we have a lack of education in the uh, public schools for people on just how to get through daily life. I mean, we'll learn all about the Lewis and Clark expedition, things like that, that really don't mean too much to us today. But still, just the basics of life and most importantly, money is not something that is taught on a widespread basis. Next one, a challenge for baby boomers getting through retirement is going to be Social Security. It just doesn't buy as much as it used to. People used to live off Social Security. But now I think, what does it make up? 35, 40, 50 percent of people's, you know, income in retirement. Yeah, for sure, Jeff. It really depends on, you know, what where that person has been as to how much of it it makes up. Because, you know, Social Security is skewed a little bit to more of what I would call middle-income America, the way that it works. Now, granted, you can get a pretty good-sized Social Security check if you have maxed out your Social Security each year. I mean, $3,970, I think, at full retirement age of 67 is the max right now. But most people are sitting around in the $1,700, $1,800 range, even with this latest 8% raise. So yeah, it can be as much as probably 35 or 40% of, of a person's income. And if you're married and you got a spouse, you know, you can do maybe okay there to keep the wolf away from the door. And you're right, buying power is down. And of course, with the recent inflation is down even more. But Social Security probably has bigger problems than that because there's been uh, some proposed changes made that may reduce here in the, in the near future Social Security benefits as much as 23%. Mm. Now, that's not in stone yet. I want to be clear on that. But it has been talked about that we're going to have to figure out a way to curtail the extra spending of Social Security because just this year, with the cost of living uh, adjustment we got, it raised the Social Security payments each month about $10 billion a month just on that little piece right there. Right now, we're probably at about $116, $117 billion a month that we pay out in Social Security benefits. We're talking about challenges to retirement with baby boomers with Randy and Jake of Floyd Financial Group. The next one is the gig economy. That's really hampered people in terms of saving for retirement for a very good reason is that they just don't have the benefits if you're working in a gig economy. Yeah, that's true. And and I, I think also the other part of that is, again, it's education about how things work. You know, I have people come in here once in a while. They've owned their business for their whole life and they come in and their Social Security is $500 a month. Mm. 
And the reason is, as they were growing that business, and, and we've all been there when we started this business. A lot of businesses start on a shoestring. They don't make very much money. And so sometimes, you know, it's, it's, you barely make ends meet as you're getting a business going. And then one day you really get it going. And as you start to make money, you have to start to pay taxes and you mm-hmm. have to pay Social Security tax and all that. Well, you go to your tax person. They say, well, we can save you that money so you can put it in your pocket. And you go, hey, that sounds good today. But it's not so good for tomorrow because we haven't funded Social Security. We haven't funded, in some cases, we may not have funded enough to even get Medicare Part A and Part B. We see that once in a while. I don't want to scare anybody. Most everybody's going to get Part A and Part B. But if you haven't worked 40 quarters and if you're single and you've never haven't worked 40 quarters, you know, you may be hard pressed to get those benefits. But the long and the short of it is, again, it goes back to education. We really need to educate people. We also need to be sure that we as professionals, as we sit down and we talk to people about how these things work, that we help them make good choices, even though sometimes the choices we ask them to make may not be popular. We have to really keep people in touch with reality and what's possible. And another reason why boomers are finding it hard to retire is bond yields. They're a little bit low right now, right? Well, actually, here's what's kind of interesting about that. Of late, Jeff, bond yields have really come to life. You know, back in March of 2022, the funds rate, you know, the what banks get charged to borrow money from the Fed was zero to 0.25. Mm-hmm. Now it's four and a quarter. So as those have gone up, that's why we're starting to see banks are starting to pay a little bit of interest on CDs. You know, I heard one this morning driving in. I heard one that was 3.03% from a major bank for 14 months. Well, mm. we haven't seen those type things in a long time. And then there's others out there that are up to 4 4.5% on short-term CDs, which are a type of bond. We also have treasury rates now, short-term treasury rates, that are up around 4 4 and a quarter, maybe 4.5% for somewhere between 90 days and maybe 9 months that you hold those things. So bond yields are starting to come around. But you're right. For many, many years, we had such low interest rates that it forced people to go into the stock market and take more risk than they were used to. Well, now some of that is changing, and that's what's kind of playing a little bit on the stock market right now. If people can go and get 4 and 5% yields in retirement and get it guaranteed, not have to worry about what the market's going to do, they're going to go that direction. So, so bond yields do have a little bit more legs than they did for a while, where as a while, you know, for a while it was like 1%, a half percent. Mm-hmm. So if you had a million dollars, you were getting 10000 a year off that. Well, man, that is no money to live on. But today, if you go out and pick up a 4.5% CD on a million dollars, that's $45,000 a year in cash flow. So that's really an improvement there. So bond yields are beginning to turn around, and that is really, really good news. And correct me if I'm wrong, Randy, but aren't bonds the biggest category of investment out there, even over stocks? That's the biggest category out there for sure. I mean, the debt of people, companies, and countries. <laughs> yep. We can always count on people having debt and countries and all that sort of thing. We're talking yep. with Randy and Jake Floyd here, Floyd Financial Group, about challenges that baby boomers listening to this program may have in saving for retirement. The next one is divorce over 50. That has increased a great deal. Yeah, it has. And you know what the real big impact there is, or the really big impact there is, Jeff, is the fact that, you know, we we always heard, or I did growing up, well, you know, two can live just about as cheaply as one. (laughs) As long as one doesn't eat, yeah. (laughs) But, But the thing that you have to figure is, you know, if you had to, if you're retired as a couple, you could get by with one automobile. Right. Whereas if you're single, you're going to have to have an automobile. Sure. The second thing is, if you're going to live somewhere, if you're living together, it may be that you have that payment of maybe a thousand 
thousand or fifteen hundred dollars a month to have a rent or a mortgage payment. But if you're living apart, you may have twice that. So mm-hmm. it is true that that really does put some additional pressure on the finances uh, of people. The other thing is when people were building those four hundred one k plans and that sort of thing, they may have skewed that more to one side of the equation than the other. And generally speaking, in households, it's maybe a little different today. We see that one side, maybe whether that be the husband or the wife, earned more money than the other side. So one will have a larger paycheck from Social Security than the other. And so there's all these factors that when people have been divorced after age 50, we have to take into consideration all these factors to look at how did you work? How did it work out on the splitting up of the 401k? How does your Social Security compare to the potential for your ex-spouse's Social Security? And do we need to file on that? So there's just just a lot of things that if you've been divorced and you have, you know, what I call a, a, you know, a divided or, or even a blended family, family at home, mm-hmm. there's lots of things that need to be considered when we look at retirement and getting the most benefit for people. We're talking with Randy and Jake here of Floyd Financial Group about challenges that baby boomers may have getting to and through retirement. The next one is that recurring expenses have increased. Yeah, they absolutely have. So, you know, it's it's often been said, Jeff, looking back over our shoulder, that yesterday's luxuries are today's necessities, necessities right? Yeah. So it kind of works out this way. You know, used to be we had one phone in the house. Oh, yeah. Now everybody has their own personal phone. Mm-hmm. You know, and those things cost somewhere between... Some people have two. Some people have one on their wrist. Oh, yeah. Some people have a tablet that they can make FaceTime (laughs) calls on, so they actually have four phones. Yeah, Uh so, you know, it really has has, uh, worked out to where, I mean, you know, if you don't have Netflix, you know, you're ostracized. Oh, you're poor, yeah. If you don't have Amazon Prime or, you know, or something like that, I mean, it's interesting how that has changed, but it is true we live at a little different level than we used to just because more is available. The other thing that I'll throw out here too is, and this is a thought process that most people probably haven't had, is that because we have all these additional services that we pay for each month, we may not buy a house as soon as we would have. Mm-hmm. We may also, because we're in school, an extra three or four or five years, we may not purchase a house as soon as we could have or would have. And we have to catch up on that stuff. And here's the thing. Let's think about this. Think about if most people, as they get to retirement, the last five or ten years, they're probably going to be making more money than they've ever made in their life. They're going to have their kids raised, and they're going to have you know more disposable income to invest and let it grow. But what if you've delayed your home ownership? You don't buy a house till you're 30 or 35. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, in those last years, you're still paying a house payment that could have gone to your 401k, to investments, to help bolster your retirement. Maybe that last five, six, seven years could have been the absolute icing on the cake for you to finish your retirement the way that you wanted to because you missed out on building not only equity in your home, but also equity in your 401k plan. We're talking with Randy and Jake Floyd of Floyd Financial Group about challenges that boomers face when saving for retirement. Well, you can mitigate some of those challenges by sitting down with Randy and Jake and talking about your retirement plan. If you don't have one, we're offering one at no cost whatsoever, no cost, no obligation, and no judgment. How do you get yours? 
Call 417-889-7233 and request it. Ashley is waiting to take your call there at the front desk. She'll find a spot for you. 417-889-7233. You can also request your plan online at floydfinancialgroup.com. That's floydfinancialgroup.com. Be sure to do it today and make sure that 2023 is a good year for you. We're going to take a quick break, gentlemen, here on Show Me the Money. When we come back, we're going to be talking about what it's like to sit down and have a meeting with you there at Floyd Financial Group and your five-step retirement plan. All that and more when our show continues here at 104.1 FM KSGF, where Springfield comes to talk. Ready to climb a mountain of financial know-how? Good. Because it's time for more Show Me the Money with your financial Sherpa, Randy Floyd. Welcome back, everybody. This is Randy and Jake. You're listening to Show Me the Money. And in this segment, we're going to be talking about, uh, hey, Randy, what does it look like when we come in and sit down with you and Jake? Yeah, and a lot of people wonder that, Randy. They hear me all the time talk about getting a no-cost, no-obligation, no-judgment financial plan with you by calling 417-889-7233. But they're a little in the dark about what to expect. So first of all, let's talk about the no-judgment part. I mean, a lot of people listening to the program say, well, those guys deal with people who have millions of dollars. I don't have millions of dollars. When someone comes in and sits down with you, you always say, we will meet you where you are. What do you mean by that? Well, you know, my grandma used to say, Randy, those people pull on their pants just like you do in the morning, one leg at a time. And that's kind of the way we are here. Everybody's the same, really. I mean, a lot of people have had different levels of success and things. And I will tell you, though, Jeff, for the most part, even those people that we find that are wildly successful, that have built their wealth on their own, they're common people. It's only those, you know, that probably have third and fourth generation wealth that kind of get a little jaded once in a while, I think. But in reality, we all are the same. And so for us, you know, I was born in a little town called Bradleyville. And a lot of the people listening to this, you know, they were born and raised down there right where I was. I know we have a lot of people that I grew up with that are clients here now, which I guess probably says something. I don't know, maybe. But yeah. anyway, that they still like us after, you know, 60 years. <laughs> but anyway, anyway um, so, uh, but we're common people. You know, one of the houses I lived in was on a, rock, a stacked up rock foundation. Yeah. And the snakes used to come in the house, you know, yeah. that'll, that'll that'll get your blood going. But anyway, <laughs> anywhere it does mine. But uh, anyway, we're just common folk. And what you're going to find out is that when you come in the door here, it's a pretty relaxed environment. Ashley will probably see you right up front there and offer you something to drink, get you comfortable. We'll get you right in to sit down. Once in a while, we get a couple minutes behind, but we keep a really busy schedule here. But I would say this, the biggest thing is, is we want to really get to know people. And that's kind of the first step that we kind of have labeled, if you will, as discovery. We want to learn about people, what's important to them, what they're trying to accomplish, their family dynamics, uh, you know, because we've got those people that uh, are kind of like the perfect family, and then we have those that were maybe not so perfect. we got the blended family. We've right. got people that have been divorced and remarried. You know, life happens to people. We want to learn about people and what's important to them, and that's what we do in Discovery, and that helps us then to get a real feel for, you know, everybody's life is kind of like a puzzle. They all got different pieces and where they and they have to fit in, right. and so once we know about that, we can then kind of go on to the second step. And the second step is going to be analysis, and that's taking the information that you have discovered and analyzing it to maybe make a plan. Can you explain more about the analysis part of this? Sure. On the analysis side, I mean, what it really looks like is we gather the data about their investments. We gather the, you know, what kind of uh, income and stuff they're used to. 
and then we look at where they are in the scheme of retirement. You know, sometimes people are in here five or 10 years before retirement. Sometimes they're saying, hey, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm going next month, you know, or I'm going in two months. So depending on where people are, we look at that uh, information a little bit differently and have to build out a different plan. But ultimately, we're looking at what they've saved, what's taxable, what's not, what uh, other monies do they have, what's Social Security going to look like. We start to get all those numbers gathered and all that figured out. Uh, And then once we've done that, Jake and I go to the third step. And the third step here is going to be planning. What's that all about? Right. So planning basically is where we take everything that we've gleaned from you about what you want to do in retirement, about the money that you've saved, how it's invested, uh, how we might invest that money in a position now that you're closer to retirement where we don't take as much risk. We still need a good return on our money. We want a good return on your money. But, you know, we can't afford to make any mistakes here in the last little bit. So as we put that plan together, we're, we're keeping this in mind. Number one, we need the appropriate amount of risk. And the appropriate amount of risk, as I look at it, is the amount of risk that is commensurate with the lifestyle you need to lead and want to lead in retirement. We don't want to take any more risk than that, just what it takes to get what you need. And that's different for everybody. So we want to we want to address that. We want to show you how everything works together and from Social Security, if you're lucky enough to have a pension, 401k, all that plays together and come up with an income picture. And then secondly, what's really important to people is we I think we need to show them and educate them on exactly what those investment tools are that we're using and how they work. And then finally, what happens to their wealth over time? Are we going to be able to accumulate? Are we going to be able to stay level? Are we going to really... Uh, in that plan have to spend down money slightly. Everybody's situation is different. So that's the planning process. And it's not like they walk in and we go, okay, here's the plan. It's this way or the highway. Uh, Not at all. What it amounts to is we talk about what we're doing, how we're doing it and why. And we're going to have a question and answer session. And generally those plans get moved and changed around just a little bit until we arrive at what works. And this is a cooperative effort, just like you said. I mean, you're going to talk to people about what's best for them. They're going to ask you their questions and you're going to come to a conclusion that will be the best for your clients. We're talking with Randy Floyd here of Floyd Financial Group about what to expect when you come in for your complimentary, no-cost, no-obligation financial plan. And we've talked about discovery, analysis, and the plan. The next one is putting it all to work. It's called implementation. Yeah, so implementation is a big key for a lot of people because generally what happens is we kind of get through all the planning and we kind of arrive at consensus. And then the next big question is, okay, so what do we do to get started? So we make it pretty easy for people. We're going to prep all the paperwork. We're going to make sure that all the taxable accounts, you know, the, the 401ks and all that remain that way so we're not paying any tax burdens. We reposition that money to uh, either grow it a little bit more, produce more income, or all the above, but we will help with all the paperwork, set up all the accounts, set up the income streams, help you with knowing what the taxes are, uh, help you with even paying the taxes and getting those 1099s generated. You know, generally when people say, well, how do I get a paycheck once I'm retired? Well, do you get direct deposit now from your employer? They say, yes. Well, guess what? We're going to get direct deposit in the future Mm -hmm. from your retirement assets, just like you do now. And we can set it up on a monthly basis and uh, you won't miss a beat in your retirement income. But the biggest thing I want people to go away with is we do this every day. So we know the paperwork you're going to need and we walk you through the whole process. And once you've signed up the paperwork, we're going to follow up on the backside of that and make sure everything runs smoothly. 
So it's a very smooth transition, as you said. I mean, people are used to getting paid every couple of weeks, and it's going to be the same with you there at Floyd Financial Group. It's just that the paycheck is going to be coming from the savings that you have accrued and that you're helping people grow. We're talking with Randy Floyd here of Floyd Financial Group. And the last one, I, I know that you just touched on it there, but I mean, once all of this is done, you just don't set it and forget it. There is a regular follow-up, isn't there? Yeah, and I think it's important that people know, I mean, like right now, I mean, I can't tell you the number of people that walk in and they say, well, you know, this is my 401k and this is what I got. And to be really honest, I don't understand anything about this, Randy. Mm-hmm. I just kind of pick it. I said, this is moderate. This is low risk. I just kind of blended it a little bit and this is where we are. So I think it's important that people are connected to their money. So once we set this up and we got the income streams coming out to them, we want to sit down with them from time to time. So generally, once we get everything set up, we get our everything implemented, we're going to set our first review at 90 days. So during that time frame, people have a chance to kind of get settled in. And then, of course, after 90 days, we're going to come back. We're going to see if there's any problems, if they need a little more income, a little less income. People say, well, why would they need less income? Well, if we don't need all the income that we're getting and we're paying taxes on it needlessly, let's not do that. Let's not pay the taxes until we have to on 401k, 403b, and 457 money, you know. But anyway, we're going to monitor all those things, look at their investments, see if we need to tweak anything, and really kind of go over what's happening with economies and what we we see coming down the, the road for, you know, the market and that sort of thing. And then we always are going to book a meeting from a meeting, and sometimes we'll go out six months. Sometimes after a while, people say, you know what, Randy, I don't really need to see you but one time a year. Mm-hmm. That's after they've been here a few years. They get comfortable. They get settled in. They just know they can reach out, pick up the phone, call us anytime that they want to. But, you know, we're going to have an annual review. It's what we like to have with everybody, if not more. And we just really kind of meet people wherever they are and whatever they need to really feel comfortable and connected to their money. Now, I'm going to be sincere and I'm going to be transparent here, and I hope people take this the right way, but I do not understand after sitting and listening to you, Randy, and listening to you, Jake, over the past several years, your depth of knowledge, what type of people you are. I do not understand why everyone listening to this program right now today who does not have a financial advisor or maybe does have a financial advisor, why they do not call you and get a plan or get a second opinion. When people come in to you and maybe they've listened to you for years and years, has anybody ever volunteered why they haven't come into you sooner than this? You know, I don't know that they have volunteered that, Jeff, but I do think that there's a certain amount of apprehension that they're going to come in and then we're going to try to squeeze them for their business or, or something like that, you know, and I think nothing could be further from the truth there. Uh, I think we really don't want to bring people on as clients that are not a good fit. You know, if people want a second opinion, this is a great place to get it because this is about as low pressure as you can experience anywhere. We're not, uh, we just want to have a good conversation. We want to understand who you are, what you want. And, you know, if we have ways that we can improve upon your situation, we'll make some suggestions. Every once in a while, somebody comes in and says, hey, am I doing this right? And I say, yep, you're pretty much doing it right. right. You know, and I'm happy to send them on their on their way if if there's nothing we can improve upon. So again, we just, we just want to, like Randy said, we just want to meet people where they're at and you know if we can help great if not we made a new friend and that's really the way we look at it well if you're listening to this program on this saturday morning and you're thinking to yourself should i call these guys or should i not i highly encourage you to give randy and jake a call at floyd financial group the number 417-889-7233 there's no cost for this plan 
Just call it a fact-finding mission for yourself and get in and sit down and ask Randy and Jake your questions to see if they can help you maybe retire better. I mean, retirement shouldn't be about just surviving, but rather thriving in retirement. And I know that Randy and Jake have sincere and actionable ideas to make that a reality for you. Once again, 417-889-7233. You can also request your plan online at floydfinancialgroup.com. floydfinancialgroup.com. Set yourself up for a great 2023 and make that call today. 417-889-7233 or floydfinancialgroup.com. Well, gentlemen, out of time for this week. I've enjoyed my Saturday morning with you. Most importantly, I have enjoyed our listeners joining us today. For Randy and Jake, I'm Jeff Shade. Get out. Have a great weekend in this great part of the country that we live in. We'll talk to you again next week with another edition of Show Me the Money right here on 104.1 FM KSGF, where Springfield comes to talk.